going on everyone welcome to the music matters media podcast today we are going to be talking about america's most loved and simultaneously most hated kanye west specifically we're going to be talking about the documentary that just came out called genius spelled j-e-e-n dash y-u-h-s a kanye trilogy part one we are going to be discussing this documentary film about the life of artist record producer businessman and fashion designer kanye west so there's definitely a lot to say you know uh, we both have seen it i'm sure you definitely have your takeaways i know i have my takeaways uh this is definitely going to be one of the more interesting conversations you and i have had i believe I definitely agree with you on that, Eric, and depending on the response to this episode, I know personally I'm going to watch part two and part three. By the time this comes out, part two is already out on Netflix, so I know that I'm going to follow this documentary. I know how everything pans out, but just to see it pan out and uh, definitely going to be watching part two and part three. However, depending on the response, of this episode we might be recording each individual part well you know what uh based on what i've seen so far in part one and you know based on our conversation today uh i really hope that uh you know circumstances contribute to us being able to record those episodes because i really do think that uh you know the other two parts are going to be worth discussing i know neither of us have seen them yet but like i said if they were anything like part one then they should be very informative, very interesting. And like you said, if uh, if this resonates with people, then hopefully that'll open the door for us to uh, continue this discussion. Yeah, I hope so too. So as I said earlier, this documentary is called Genius, a Kanye trilogy. It's directed by Cootie and Cheek. And it basically follows the journey of Kanye West's career from the age of 19 when he started producing and really started to get serious about his music career and the director of this or i should say one of the directors of this was behind the camera filming a young kanye before his career took off and it was cootie from channel zero which was a show following the underground hip-hop scene and giving a spotlight to musicians in that genre so 
while he was hosting that show that he created simultaneously, he was also following Kanye because he saw the spark in Kanye. He saw the vision. He saw the bigger picture. And he must have had that intuition that Kanye was going to be somebody that was going to be huge in the music industry. So it's crazy that he had that kind of vision and intuition to pick up a camera and to start filming a documentary about a young musician who, you know, at the time essentially was a nobody, quote unquote, and he was just coming up on the scene known more so as a producer than anything else. And it's crazy because even when he did started getting recognized as a producer and his success with producing, he still had those aspirations of wanting to be a rapper. That was his true aspiration. So he even described in the documentary, which we're about to get into, that he would make beats for himself people would love they would hear it and be like wow you know who came up with that you came up with that beat like can you send that to me and he would already be rapping over it after he produced the beat because he was that good at producing and he knew that it would spark everybody's interest within that genre but he wanted to make sure that he claimed it for himself so he could start putting the word out there for his own exposure and I, I am imagining that that's how, bit by bit, his own album, The College Dropout, came to be, based on what I guess he considered was the right, you know, musical nature for himself. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that out of the endless beats he created for other artists, he was very savvy in terms of what he chose to keep for the sound that would ultimately, ultimately become Kanye West. So... Eric, I cannot wait to just dive into this. What do you personally want to discuss that you took away from part one of this documentary? And I'll just piggyback off of that. So I definitely found this documentary very interesting. And listen, not many people know this about me because I've never really, other than with you, I've never really had the chance to discuss this with anybody. But uh, I am not somebody who really has indulged in Kanye's music because I missed that train back in high school. Matter of fact, uh, you know, whereas everybody knew Kanye back in high school, I didn't even know about him until maybe my early years of college. And what's important is to know about me is that at that point in my early years of college, I wasn't into hip hop yet, not the way I am now. And even when I did get into hip hop eventually, at that point, I just kind of, you know, I didn't really feel an attachment to his music because I felt like too much time had passed and maybe I had, like, missed my entry point in terms of uh, really delving deep into it. So, really, like, I know enough about his history to know a little bit about, you know, his methodology in terms of producing and rapping and stuff like that. But this is my first real explicit look at Kanye as a person, as an artist. And it's honestly very interesting to see his journey from an unknown to a potential superstar so far. And it's very relatable, too, because anybody who's ever wanted to be in music, anybody who's ever had huge dreams, he's that he basically represents all of that. 
He's so confident in his own abilities. He's so confident that he'll make it. Of course, you see the vulnerability in him at times when he becomes discouraged. Like, I really felt for him at at certain points in the documentary. Do you want to talk about those points? Let's get into that. Yeah, like when he leaves, when he has a meeting and he's trying to show everybody his songs, his rapping, and nobody's having it. Yeah, when he goes to Rockefeller, that's where that was. The office is over there, and he comes in, and he literally has his mixtape. He's playing All Falls Down, which later, spoiler alert. Oh, by the way, I should have said this earlier. If you didn't watch the documentary, there's going to be a ton of spoilers because that's what we're talking about today. I figured that would be common sense, but I feel like I have to say that just in case you've made it this far and you haven't watched Mm -hmm. and you do plan on watching. If you do plan on watching, go watch it first, then come back and tune into our podcast. But if you don't plan on watching and you're just here to listen and to get our feedback, that's completely fine. I just want to throw that out there. Lots of spoilers coming up. We're about to dig into this first part of the documentary okay so back to what i was saying he goes into the office at Rockefeller. he's pounding on the door he's trying to get everybody's attention anybody that will give him the time of day and to no avail he's playing his music people are completely disinterested blowing him off not giving him really any uh, significant feedback or anything of that nature. And it's crazy to watch that knowing that the songs that even he was playing back then turned out to blow up and be these mega hits. All Falls Down being one of them. Jesus Walks being another one of them. Family Business being another one of them. So it's even crazier to see that These weren't just lost demos or something along the way that he was playing for people that only hardcore fans might have known. These are songs that really blew up and uh, helped project him to the mainstream uh, with his own career as an artist in hip hop, not just a hip hop producer. So that's I couldn't believe it when I was watching that. And it just goes to show that. What I took away from it, it was very inspiring seeing that because he, as you said, had the confidence that he knew that he had something special to bring to the table. And he had the perseverance to keep going and to do whatever it took to get him to the point of where he's at today. Very inspiring story with that. And it's just crazy. It's crazy to watch that. It's crazy to me. I want to give a shout out to Cootie for a second behind the camera and who directed uh, or I should say co-directed this documentary because for him to even be a part of that journey and along for that ride and, and to get that inkling of, you know what, let me start filming this kid. You know, because at the time we're talking about the 90s, early 2000s, he was still just a kid. And for him to get that that idea of there's something special here, let me just start filming him and make a documentary out of him. Knowing, having that intuition, that gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, that this kid isn't just some Joe Schmo. He's going to blow up. This is going to be something big. From that point, when nobody was giving him that kind of attention at least in that way 
he wasn't even in the conversation as a hip-hop artist. He was only in the conversation as a producer. And even when he started getting success from that, that really wasn't his end goal. So just to see that this all came to fruition because they both individually and together saw the bigger picture is surreal. It's pretty insane. Also, shout out to Cootie for the narration on this movie, on this documentary too. You know, I, I really love that unlike other documentaries where the narrator is an outsider, for lack of a better phrase, this dude was there for all of it. You know, he's not just filming, he lived the experience with Kanye. So it's really, it's a really special touch to have someone who was there be able to tell the story the way that nobody else can, you know? And back to what I was saying before, you know, when when I saw moments of vulnerability, like when Kanye leaves the Rockefeller office disheartened and you could see it written all over his face as he's going down the, yep. the escalator. Yep. You know, in those moments, you do feel for him because we've all been through that. You know, we've all been through moments where we really tried our best to impress somebody or to really sell ourselves in terms of like a, a product or a piece of art or something. And uh, we didn't get the result we wanted. But that just really makes me admire his uh, his drive and his confidence all the more because he knew, you know, even if they don't take me seriously, somebody has to. And that's why he kept it going. He knew he had something special and he had the perseverance to never give up on that angle and that dream. Because imagine if he would have came home discouraged and just been like, you know what, I'll just stick to producing. I'll just stay in my lane. And that's something that Kanye has never done. For better, for worse, however you feel about him, what you can't say about him is that he hasn't been authentic to himself. And I'll just word it like that in the sense that he never wants to just stay in one lane. He's multifaceted and he wants to show everybody that he can be a producer, but he can also be a rapper, but he can also be a businessman, but he can also be a designer, so on and so forth. He can wear multiple hats and to never count him out of the conversation because he's so much more than just a producer, than just a rapper, than just, you know, insert the title here. And I think he holds a lot of that weight from how people treated him early on. And he carries that chip on his shoulder of how he was just disregarded and blown off by certain people in the beginning that he made it his life's mission in turn to prove everybody wrong and consistently too. Now, whether you subjectively like his music or his shoes or his clothes or the way that he thinks about certain things, his viewpoints... That's one thing, and I completely understand that, where people are divided on that, hence people either love him or hate him. However, he really, from the beginning, had that foresight that he never wanted to be boxed in as just one thing and stay in one lane, and that is something that he's consistently been doing throughout his entire career. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. You know, uh... He is, he's somebody that, at least for me, is, <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of tricky to talk about Kanye for me personally, 
because I've never really had much of an opinion on him or his music. And I, f I think in part the reason why I've decided to remain so ambiguous or so ambivalent, rather, on my opinion of him is because, you know, you know how I am. I like to be neutral. I like to be fair about things. Uh, I don't just like to jump the gun. And, you know, that's why I've remained so neutral on Kanye through the years, because I know that I just said that I've never really once listened to his music. I've listened to a song or two, but I've never, you know, taken a deep dive in his discography. And, you know, like you said, for better or for worse, he has like confidence in spades and he always stands on his own and he always stands firm in his beliefs and his convictions and his in his goals but you know one thing that really just uh makes me have such a position on kanye is his ego you know it's huge <laughs> there's no <laughs> other way to there's no other way to sugarcoat that you know it's like it's humongous you would even say and it was back then too that's something to point out in the documentary just because he was young and up and coming he still had that ego about him making it and people are going to listen and it's good to an extent right yes, it's good to an extent to push his career for him to bust down these doors and get people to pay attention to him you have to walk around confident in yourself to know listen i have something special here and you guys need to hear me out because i have something of value to offer the world and don't just blow me off. And if you are going to blow me off, well, guess what? I'll be back. And this isn't the last that you've heard of Kanye West. Because to that point, I watched this part one and I'm like, I wonder how those people feel now. Those people that were in the Rockefeller office listening to All Falls Down, blowing him off. You know, those people at Capitol Records that ended up denying wanting to sign him and, you know, went with a no instead of a yes. And seeing where he's at now and seeing what he became, that question, I mean, popped in my head. I wonder how these people feel now. Yeah. And, you know, to, to what I was saying before, yes, his ego is too big for him. It's, <laughs> it's too big for him, for his body. Right. At the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what, what you are alluding to here, because it's like at this point of where he's at in his career, in his life, does he really need to be extremely egotistical and arrogant and narcissistic and come off a certain way and project himself a certain way when he's already shown how talented he is how hard he's worked to get to where he's at that should speak volumes within itself i'm a firm believer in mm -hmm. the work that you do the talent that you have that will be shown across the board i get that he had to act a certain way to get his foot in the door and I totally subscribe to that. But even his mother alluded to all this in the documentary. I do want to point this out where I forgot the exact quote, but something along the lines of a giant looks in the mirror and he doesn't see the giant, but everybody else sees the giant. And she also said the quote, which I love, you can be on the ground and in the air all at the same time. You're exactly right. His ego, at least recently you know, uh, has rubbed me the wrong way in certain situations. However, you know, even when, when it did, maybe when I was younger, uh, there were times where I would just be like, oh, I, I can't stand this. But the more I grew up and 
the more I became attuned to just human nature and how that works. Um, I would say to myself, well, you know, if he is as egotistical and arrogant as he is, it's not for nothing. There's got to be a reason why he is the way he is. Uh, and, you know, seeing that same ego back then when he was younger, you know, uh, <laughs> listen, I admire it. I admire it, at least in that time frame, because right. honestly, it's what you need to do sometimes to get, you know, some scar tissue. It's what you need to build the thick skin in order to be able to handle all the no's until you hear that yes. And one thing that really did break my heart a little was seeing him throughout certain times in the documentary where, you know, he'd be talking to the rappers and he would be like, okay, what kind of beats do you want? And he would, you know, just do his best to please them. But it would eat him up inside because he would be like, you know, everybody comes to me for beats. You know, now they want to come to me for free beats. Uh, heartbreaking, very draining sometimes to, you know, do so much work. And then not not only not get recognized for it, but not even be taken seriously. You know, uh, it, it always sucks when you're good as long as you're providing a service, you're providing the goods, but then the minute you want to do something for yourself... That's what they don't want. Yeah, everybody's against that all of a sudden. And so I felt for him in that regard. And I believe that he carries that with him, no matter... And that's one thing that really kills me about about him. Like He carries that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And I do firmly believe, this is my own personal opinion, that... A lot of it is a defense mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it kills me to know that he is a genius. You know, I've never denied that. I'm never going to deny that no matter how I feel about him, whether I uh, am annoyed at the <laughs> things he does. I know. I know. That, you're looking... That's very important to, to say on here, too, because I just want to jump in, Eric, and agree with you on this because I wholeheartedly agree. We talk about this all the time that you can love and respect somebody for what they do, what they contribute, what they've done for the culture, for the industry. But that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to agree and subscribe to everything that they encompass in terms of their opinions, their morals, their values, if they don't align with your own. And I think that's very important to put on here that we can objectively appreciate Kanye's music, his discography, this documentary, what he's done for hip-hop, and what he'll leave behind, his legacy, while also saying that we don't necessarily agree with his antics and his opinions on things and, you know, just stuff that he's done or continues to do personally. Absolutely. You know, uh, there are things about him that absolutely annoy me to no end, but just because that's the case doesn't mean I've ever hated him or have ever wanted any misfortune towards him or anything like that. You know, there are some things that are undeniable, and the fact that he is gifted musically and he is a genius musically is one of those undeniable things. And that's precisely why it kills me that uh, sometimes, and he even said it himself in the documentary, sometimes he feels the need to compensate. Because, you know, he may feel like he's lacking in certain things, but, you know, I think anybody that's been a lifelong fan of his, they see him for what he's worth. They see him for the musical genius that he is. They see him for the, you know, superstar producer that he is and for the lyrical 
Hence the giant quote that his mom exactly. dropped on for him. The, That's the, exactly what that means. Exactly. Yeah. For the, they, they see him for the lyrical master that he is. And yet, even with all of that proof, he still, like you said, carries that chip on his shoulder. But again, after seeing this documentary, it's understandable why he does. And, you know, it's it's when you've had that for so long, it can be hard to really get rid of those insecurities. You know, uh, always trying to feel like you have to live up to your heroes despite your, despite you standing alongside them. You know, that I can't even imagine how much of a constant struggle that must be. And I'm really glad that they showed his mother in the documentary because you can tell that she was absolutely a stabilizing force. And she completely stole the show. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, she mm-hmm. was the star of the documentary. And wow, if you did not fall in love with this woman, if you haven't fallen in love with her before, yeah. By watching this, there's no way that you won't fall in love with her. And you can really see that she was the stabilizing, grounding force in his life. Because even though, yes, she knew that he was gifted and she absolutely wanted him to shoot for the stars because she would say so, at the same time, she always wanted to remind him, listen, it's okay to, th- to think highly of yourself and to be confident in your abilities. But don't forget that you're human too. Yes, and the quote that she dropped on him, she dropped so many gems just in this one part of this documentary, so I cannot wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah. Even that one quote that she said where you can be on the ground and in the air all at the same time. That's what she meant. That's what she meant. That's exactly what she meant, where you can remain humble while having all of this success and people seeing you for who you are and what you've contributed without having to walk around saying that you're larger than life because people will already see that for themselves without you having to walk around bragging about it or yeah. trying to boast about it absolutely and it, it also it's also just really cool to see him just interact with her and you know maybe this is putting a little bit of myself out there but you know his relationship to his mother reminds me of my relationship to my mother i said the same thing (laughs) to my mother and it's so funny that you said that because i watched this part one of this documentary twice i watched it once on my own and then i watched it a second time with my parents and not because i necessarily thought that they would be the most interested in it but just because it really humanizes Kanye. It really does. It really does. And especially if you're someone who, you know, like you said, maybe wrote him off in the past or you're someone who who was like me, who didn't really know what to think uh, or on which aisle to fall into. This definitely clears up a lot of things. And I'm not saying that it might necessarily change your vision of him, but at the very least you'll understand him a little bit more and you'll see why he is so overconfident and why he is the way he is and why he just doesn't give up even if the rest of the world is telling him to you know only talk on top of a beat so to speak (laughs) right right and i remember seeing those segments with kanye and donda west and saying the same thing to my mother i was like the connection that these two have remind me of you and i And just to give a little background before we talk more about this, Donda West was a professor and chair of Chicago State University's Department of English, Communications, Media, and Theater. She unfortunately passed away on November 10th 
2007 at the age of 58. Wow, really young. Yeah, she tragically died due to a mix of coronary artery disease and complications of cosmetic surgery. And unfortunately, with an investigation after the fact of why everything went horribly wrong after she went under the knife, it was founded that allegedly the doctor who operated on her, the surgeon, had prior convictions for alcohol-related offenses and at least two major malpractice settlements against him. That's that's so horrible, man. It really is. And, and it feels all the more heartbreaking because you could just feel the love between the two of them. Hell, we feel it with our own parents and just... You know, seeing it on screen, we're living vicariously through them, you know, because uh, you just can't deny like the, the, you know, sentimental hold that she had on his heart and just the influence that she had on him as a person, as an artist. She, you know, absolutely was his number one fan more than anybody else that would ever argue the same. And I think those were some of the best parts of the documentary, just seeing their relationship you know seeing how i agree those were my favorite parts as well yeah she without a doubt was his biggest fan biggest supporter i love seeing the parts where she's rapping his lyrics yeah that that were memorized that was awesome even parts where he himself forgot and then she was filling in the pieces and they were going back and forth rapping together i thought that was incredible and just how to see how supportive she was and to see the influence that she had on him. And yeah, yeah, and just how welcoming she was of everybody else, all of his friends. Such an uplifting spirit, and you can tell that she was a huge contributor to helping ground Kanye. Absolutely, especially when he needed that vote of confidence the most, which was when he kept on getting rejected from, you know, label to label and from people to people, just to speak to his musical abilities. The beats that he shows people like Talib Kweli, Jay-Z, Most Def, I mean, that is some amazing production. And I'll 100% stand by that because, you know, like I said, I, I never really took the time to invest in him. But now that I'm hearing snippets of his music, of his compositions, of beats he's created for other people, he genuinely had a really gifted ear for music and you know that in combination with just his endless drive it's really no surprise that he made it to where he is and i love that he was able to speak that into existence i think if anything that was one of the things that really got to me you know the more i heard him say you know i'm gonna be this i've got dreams that he manifested um, it exactly and and seeing it in hindsight and seeing it become a reality and just seeing how he manifested it back then you know you you know you really do think to yourself well you know what uh if if, if he, he can do that, it, why can't I? Exactly. If he did that and he had many doors closed in his face and he still made it and he made it even bigger than he thought possible, uh, why couldn't I or why couldn't anybody else watching this documentary? And that was a really important takeaway that it wasn't just the manifestation alone, but the perseverance because he got denied throughout this entire episode. And we're talking about years of his life. It's one episode to watch for us, but it's years of his life of continuing and persevering despite all these doors being closed and slammed in your face 
which of course has to take a toll on you mentally and that's why I you know said earlier that he has this chip on his shoulder because a part of me strongly believes that he never forgot about the people that kind of just brushed him off and and put him to the side and real quick Eric I'm so glad that we're recording this episode. The reason why I wanted to do this with you specifically is because of your lack of Kanye knowledge coming into it and also like really not listening to his music growing up or anything like that because you might have a totally different perspective than I do because for me, I grew up with his music and I was a massive fan growing up since the early 2000s you know throughout so that's why it's important for us to have this dialogue and that's why I wanted you to watch it for us to talk about it today because I knew going into this that it would be a cool episode to have to get your perspective in mind on what we're watching because you're watching a lot of stuff for the very first time and then the way that I'm watching it is I know what ended up happening in terms of like hits and songs and everything what I used to listen to albums so I get to see how it all unfolded and the process of making it and I think that's really awesome and it also the movie also gives you a really cool look at his as at his evolution as a rapper as an MC yeah you know because that's one of the things he always wanted to you know be taken seriously for and what about so, that freestyle that he did? Can we talk about that? Backstage, right? And he's just rapping along and they're like, oh my God, you yep. know, they all can't believe it. Yeah, I love when, I, I am paraphrasing here, but I love when he says, you know, two chains, one neck, two gats, one waist. I thought that was really freaking cool. You know, uh, yeah, just his abilities over time is just so awesome. And to see him really trying to sell it and actually managing to wow people, you know, that's a... Uh, I can't even imagine what that must have been like for him in that moment where, you know, he's like watching it happen in real time, watching their faces, watching them react and, you know, hearing them be like, oh, my God, incredible. You know, like uh, that must have been an extremely validating moment for him. And, and that alone must have been like, you know, I know I'm a star. You know, this alone confirms it. I don't need anything you else. You guys have been sleeping on me. That's pretty much the mentality. Yeah, exactly. And and real quick, going back to his mother, going back to Donda, I have a quote here from her. It wasn't in the documentary, at least yet, because we haven't seen the other parts yet. But it's this quote that I really want to discuss. She originally wanted Kanye to go to college and get a degree and be on that path in life. And here's the quote that she later commented on. She said, It was drummed into my head that college is the ticket to a good life. But some career goals don't require college. For Kanye to make an album called College Dropout, it was more about having the guts to embrace who you are rather than following the path society has carved out for you. That's can really... We give, can we give a, a clap for Donda West? That is really powerful because... For her to say that, you have to also think yeah. about the time back then. Oh my God, We're yeah. talking about 90s to early 2000s, you know, late 90s to early 2000s of when he, you know, was in high school and then starting out in college and then ended up dropping out to pursue his career in music. Oh my God, for her to be 
a mother during that time frame exactly what she said where it's just so instilled in you to do things a certain way where you go to school you get a career you have a family you settle down etc for her to say that back then it's okay now right in in the context in the world that we're living in now things have come a long way since then and it's been a lot more of a progression of not everybody has to go to school to become successful and some people can go to trade schools and some people don't have to go to school at all and some people can become an entrepreneur you know some people will become entrepreneurs some people will become lawyers and doctors and they're gonna have to go to school for those things but back then and for a very long time after that it was just standard that this is what you do no matter what you're trying to pursue And for her to say such a powerful quote back then that anybody can be quoting now, present day, and having that foresight, that's why I had to to give her a clap for that. Yeah, because it definitely lifts the pressure off of a lot of young people's shoulders to go to school, you know. Um, I, I know that when I was certainly growing up, that was definitely something that, you know, was also drummed into my head in terms of having a good education and and you know having that be a very central point in your life and it has been i'm not gonna lie it has been but that's because i chose to subscribe to that and for her to take that quote unquote risk on her son not following in her footsteps and not putting that pressure on him to do so back then i'm sure she got a lot of people in her business telling her How are you going to let him pursue music? He'll never add up to anything. This is just a hobby. This isn't a career. You know, I'm sure she got a lot of criticism and she never wavered in her support for Kanye. And she always supported her son no matter what he chose to do. And if anything, people that are listening, especially if you are parents listening, that's the type of energy a child needs. And she must have especially have gotten a lot of criticism being an educator herself. You know, they must have been like, how how are you a teacher? And you are suggesting that, you know, education is not important. You know, that certainly must have been a controversy in and of itself. But at the same time, I felt like her quote is kind of a collective, you know, sign of permission to a lot of people to just allow them to do what they want in life instead of having to go the traditional educational route. And what's really cool, a side note, is that she pointed his chain out in the documentary yeah, when he I came remember home with this angel pendant on uh, his chain and she loved it. She adored it. She kept saying, wow, this is amazing. And what's really cool about that is after Kanye started to get the recognition that he deserved he founded his own record label called good music in 2004 and it wasn't the same exact chain but very similar to that resembling that chain that became the logo the angel for good music that is so cool and what i love is that she tells him you know maybe you need an angel looking after you or something like that oh my gosh that quote She said, you know what? You need an angel to watch over you. Seeing that now and 
knowing everything that we know about Donda West and her tragic death, oh, that was just my heart sank to my stomach. Yeah, because <laughs> it wasn't even that she had any foresight or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes there are key moments in our lives when we look back and we're just like, you know, if only I had known or if only we had known. And, uh, you know, those things stay burned into your psyche forever, you know. And so it just really speaks to a parent's love to be able to, you know, instill your, your children with things that they will find useful or that will help them to navigate this uh, roller coaster we call life, you know? Yeah, 100%. And now he really does have an angel watching over him. Multiple angels, I'm sure. But Donda West is, of course, her son's guardian angel. So just very powerful stuff that really just, ugh. I loved hearing that in the documentary and seeing it, but it broke my heart at the same time knowing how things panned out for her. So it's just, it was a bittersweet moment. Yeah, and that's really what makes all of it just very, uh, very sentimental. It makes it tug at the heartstrings to see them interact because even though, yes, he has plenty of colleagues and friends who were there for him and who love him, you know, uh, there, there's always the love of somebody else that, that void, is a little yeah. extra special, you know? Mm-hmm, and that to void. See, Nobody's yeah. ever going to be able to replace his mother. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Uh, I give Cootie a lot of credit. There are moments in time that deserve to be captured the way he captured those moments with, uh, with his mother. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, looking back on everything while they were, you know, putting everything together... You know, if if Kanye was there watching all of this footage being compiled and being, you know, put together for the final product, I'm sure watching that footage must have meant the world to him. And I'm sure that he must have been even more happy that Cootie was there to capture all of that. You know, uh, shout out to him as well, just for such a fantastic job on shooting everything so well and narrating everything so well. You, You literally couldn't have asked for a better, you know co-director slash cameraman for this documentary for somebody to have that kind of intuition so early on and to see where it all started and to see how it all began is so cool that that process was documented even before because you have to think about it this way normally when people have documentaries like this it's after the fact And then they personally themselves get on camera and kind of catch you up to speed and they'll go through like old photos and stuff and they'll do a narration that way. But people only care after you become successful. And that's when they start hitting you up. Hey, we want to do a documentary about you, whether you are a musician or an athlete or whatever, creative in general. And for him to have that kind of foresight of I'm gonna record Kanye and now knowing everything that we know now it's incredible it really is it really is incredible and it just really drives home the point that you know when when something is meant to be nothing can can stop it or get in its way you know things just align perfectly you know once in a blue moon and this is certainly one of those moments so yeah shout out to uh cootie shout out to channel zero shout out to where it all began and before we end today's episode i just want to talk about we cannot close out the episode without talking about jay-z and the role that he played in kanye's career 
So what was really cool about this is on the production side, at 19 years old, Kanye helped Jay-Z with sampling and production on the blueprint, which since then has become one of the most iconic albums in hip-hop history. And specifically, I like that they honed in on Izzo and the making of that and how that song blew up. And then Kanye started getting even more hit-ups for production and for him to make beats for people and he was really starting to get some recognition on the production end and him being a producer even though that wasn't necessarily his end goal but that's when that started rolling in with the attention on wait a minute who made these beats and who sampled these songs and the formation of that and That's where Jay-Z comes in and them working together and them collaborating. And the documentary ends where they're at this concert and backstage, which was really cool to see, you see Little Kim, Beyonce, of course Jay-Z, and Pharrell. And you get to see on camera for the first time the initial meeting between Kanye and Pharrell which Pharrell, for those who don't know this, outside of his own career music, with the Neptunes, he's a super producer. So to see Kanye and him link up for the very first time and introduce each other, that was incredible to see. And it's just crazy to see that these people would soon become his contemporaries in music. That is honestly like one of the coolest things ever. And you know to to see it become a reality like i said to see all of your idols eventually become your colleagues your contemporaries and you standing on equal footing with them what's better than that i mean i was really cheering for kanye in that moment because my god like (laughs) can you imagine what it's like to play the same show as beyonce you know and the first part of the documentary ends with kanye getting the opportunity to go on stage with Jay-Z and Jay-Z passes him the mic. He gets to rap for a bit and then after the fact, he's on stage and he makes the announcement that he's officially signed to Rockefeller Records. Wow, what an ending for the first part of this documentary. Of course, we know what happens, but just to see everything and how it all went down and the way that it went down, the journey, the process, everything it took for him to even get on that stage and to have a platform like that, to be in the same hallway as Little Kim and Pharrell and Beyonce, it's just, it's mind-blowing and it's so inspirational. Yeah, and again, regardless of what you think of him, it really drives home the point that his position in the music world is more than well-deserved because of all of the endless hours of work, the endless beats he contributed to other people's albums and that he made for himself, the endless ups and downs, the endless no's. And even after Jay-Z signed Kanye to Rockefeller, he was reluctant to do so. There's even interviews of him explaining early on that he was reluctant to sign Kanye on as a rapper and support his career as a hip-hop artist, because people just knew him as a producer and they weren't taking him seriously as a rapper and that at the time he didn't fit that quote-unquote gangster rap image either so he really took a risk quote-unquote risk of course (laughs) on Kanye 
and signing him to Rockefeller because at the time, everything that he was rapping about, sampling for his own music and just his overall image was not what was popular at the time. And that's what makes Kanye West so legendary in the term in the terms of hip hop history and legacy is that ever since the beginning, he was always making new ground and always carving his own way in the industry and always having that attitude going back to the original uh, topic of how he carries himself of you're not going to give me a seat at the table. Well, I don't need to be at the table. I'm going to buy the whole restaurant, so to speak. And now you'll pay attention to me and now you'll remember me. So it's just it's a lot to take in. It's it was such a good first part of a documentary in general. I'm a documentary kind of person, especially when it comes to music. So I was already fully invested. But wow, this is just extremely well done. And I love getting that behind the scenes look and seeing the process, seeing the journey, knowing everything that we know now. And I can't wait for part two and part three to come out, you know, uh, after seeing how well done this was. Uh, I can only hope that acts two and three are in the same vein. Yes. So if you guys enjoyed this episode and we get some good feedback on it, we'll record our follow up part two and part three to this documentary and give you our thoughts and feedback on each part. So hopefully we'll be able to do that on here. I know, as I said earlier, personally, Eric and I are going to be tuned in no matter what. Yeah, definitely. I I heard that it comes out today, so uh, I can't wait to, uh, you know, go and delve deeper into everything that's going on. Same here, man. Same here. And before we close out the episode, I just want to give another shout out to Donda West. What a light she was. She was so supportive and had so much unconditional love for her son. And I wish a lot of parents there had the same mentality that she did because she not only kept him grounded, but she backed him up through and through no matter what. And you could tell that she was his biggest fan and his best friend and his mother wraps all into one. So shout out to Donda West and may she rest in peace. Yes, may God bless her forever. And like you said, may she rest in peace. And on that note, you guys, we want to know if you watched the first part to this trilogy of the Kanye West documentary on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet and you're interested, go check it out and let us know. We want to know how you feel about Kanye West in general. Are you into his music? Are you not? I know he's a very controversial figure in general. So we want to know it all, you guys. Make sure you head on over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know there. And don't forget to follow us on social media. I'm officially announcing that we are on TikTok and YouTube at Music Matters Media. So make sure to go follow us there. And as always, our other socials, we are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.